looking at each other. He continued, I have heard that there's grain down in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us so that we may live and not die. Then ten of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, with the others, because he was afraid that harm might come to him. So Israel's sons were among those who went to buy grain, for the famine was in the land of Canaan also. Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the one who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. As soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from? He asked. From the land of Canaan, they replied, to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Then he remembered his dreams about them and said to them, You are spies. You have come to see where our land is unprotected. Then he remembered, oh, No, my lord. <laughs> he remembered already. No, my lord, they answered. Your servants are not spies, but honest men. No, he said to them, you have come to see where our land is unprotected. But they replied, your servants were 12 brothers, the sons of one man who lives in the land of Canaan. The youngest is now with our father, the one, and one is no more. Joseph said to them, it's just as I told you. You are spies. And this is how you will be tested. As surely as Pharaoh lives, you will not leave this place until your youngest brother comes here. Send one of your number to get your brother. The rest of you will be kept in prison. So that your words may be tested to see if you are telling the truth. If you are not, then as surely as Pharaoh lives, you are spies. And he put them in all in custody for three days. On the third day, Joseph said to them, Do this and you will live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers stay here in prison while the rest of you go and take your grain back for your starving households. But you must bring your youngest brother to me so that your words may be verified and that you may not die. This they proceeded to do. They said to one another, Surely we are being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded for his life. But we would not listen. That's why this distress has come upon us. Reuben replied, Didn't I tell you 
not to sin against the boy. <laughs> but you would not listen. Now we must give an accounting for his blood. They did not realize that Joseph could understand him them, since he was using an interpreter. He turned away from them and began to weep. But then he turned back and spoke to them again. He had Simeon taken from them and bound before their eyes. Joseph gave orders to fill their bags with grain, to put each man's silver back in his sack and to give them provisions for their journey. After this was done for them, they loaded their grain on their donkeys and left. At the place where they stopped for the night, one of them opened his sack to feed his donkey and saw the silver in the mouth of the sack. My silver has been returned, he said to his brother. Here it is in my sack. Their hearts sank. And they turned to each other trembling and said, what is this that God has done to us? When they came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them. They said, the one who is Lord over the land spoke harshly to us and treated us as though we were spying on the land. But we said to them, we are honest men. We are not spies. We were 12 brothers, sons of one father. One is no more. And your youngest is now with his father in Canaan. Then the man who is Lord over the land said to us, this is how I know whether you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers here with me and take the food for your starving households and go. But bring your youngest brother to me so that I will know that you are not, that you are not spies but honest men. Then I will give your brother back to you and you can trade in the land. As they were emptying their sack, there in each man's sack was his pouch of silver. <clears throat> when they and their father saw the money pouches, they were frightened. Their father Jacob said to them, You have deprived me of my children. Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. And now you want to take Benjamin. Everything is against me. Then Reuben said to his father, You may put both of my sons to death if I do not bring him back to you. Entrust him to my care and I will bring him back. But Jacob said, My son will not go down there with you. His brother is dead and he is the only one left. If harm comes to him on the journey you are taking, you will bring my grey head down to the grave in sorrow. Thank you. Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> what a story. 
after that reading, I was thinking, do I really need to preach, you know? <laughs> you might have seen the film called the 12 Years of Slave. How many of you see 12 Years of Slave? Yeah. Uh, another drama recently came breathtaking. Um, so when they see us, um, that, that is a story about um, four or five black men being falsely accused in 1989 in Center Park in America for raping a white woman. Uh, they framed, they went to prison for 14 years. And later, one of the guys in the prison said, he did it, and he came forward and said, I did it, and they gone free. Falsely excused, you know. So there are stories in front of us in the history we can see. This is another story in the Bible. Literally happened to Joseph. Falsely accused, imprisonment, lots of things are happening. But from 41, 42, the picture is changing now. Joseph is in, in a powerful position. He is the prime minister of Egypt or governor of Egypt. The story is beginning with uh, Jacob, his father. And he came to know that there is food in Egypt. <laughs> the way he's talking to his uh, children, you know, uh, maybe they might be quite grown up now, you know, says, why are you looking to one another, you know, so you are capable men, you know, so do you want to die here? Go and get some food from Egypt. Here is a man living in sorrow after sorrow after sorrow, misery after misery, disappointment after disappointment. I don't know. He is the sponge, I think, <laughs> and just mentioned. <laughs> just taking everything, you know. Oh, my goodness. And he's so irritated with the, these uh, children. They are not taking the responsibility or taking the initiative to do something supposed to do. They are waiting for the dad to say something. Interestingly, he wants to keep Benjamin. Why? You know the story is Rachel's child. And he was saying, like, Joseph is no more. He's dead. He's gone. Now, Benjamin, I want to keep him. What's the name of meaning of Benjamin? Son of my right hand. <laughs> Even when you read at the end of the story, you know, he's the only one son. Can you imagine? Your father says that to you. You have 10 brothers or 12 brothers, and, and you all are his child, and uh, talking to one and saying, he's the only one. That kind of attitude already close, 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 uh, caused trouble in Joseph's life. He loved Joseph more than anyone else. Now, Benjamin. Did he really love Benjamin or was he using him as a comfort zone? <laughs> I want something to cling to, you know. I want something as my, something to hide or to, to have some sort of comfort zone so that that will bring comfort to my misery and the messy life, what I'm going through. So I want to keep my child. I don't want to leave him. So I don't know why he was so desperate to keep 
this one special boy. It's quite obvious, Joseph is not living by faith at all this time. He is living by sight, what is literally happening in his life. Rachel gone. Joseph is gone. Famine in the land. Now, they went to collect the grain from Egypt. Simeon is gone now. Now, more trouble in the house. Misery after misery. Lest you leave Jacob there, let's go to the land of Egypt. These ten brothers traveled. According to the historians, it's 50 miles, you know, so it's not that far. But they didn't have any motorway or helicopter or bullet trains or anything. They need to use donkeys going through mountains and valleys. So it will take days to reach there. They don't have any filling stations, nothing there. So it will take a good amount of time. Especially carrying things back is not easy through all these hilly, tough areas. Especially at the time of farming and uh, provisions are very minimum. These ten brothers, they went to Egypt. It's very interestingly, when they saw Joseph, they bowed to the ground before him. But Joseph recognized them. Oh, goodness me. I, can, I know these guys. I can associate with them. I can see that. They are my brothers, but interestingly, his response was very different. He didn't say that. I told you. Here we go. The dream, the dream come true now. You know, not there fully, but it's already started. Yeah, you lost now. I told you. He didn't do that one. He did that at the age of 17, probably immaturely responded, handled his dream. And he shared with everyone, I have a dream. I had a dream. This is the dream. And that put him into trouble. Now, when the, the, true, the, the dream come true in literally in, in, his, in his life, in, in the real form, you know, he handling it with a little more maturity. You might be suspicious about some of his action, and uh, uh, you might be thinking, mm, he is definitely playing a little bit of game, you know. He, he wants to send them through a guilt trip, you know, so f- rem- reminding them about what he'd done and uh, causing more trouble kind of thing. So that, that's one of the ways we can see the whole picture. But Joseph was trying, or he was, or God was using him to bring repentance or exposing some of the hidden things that is causing trouble in their life and to set them free in one sense. This guy's been living in this sense for years because they killed their brother or they sold their brother. So when they're having this whole conversation and this Joseph was saying, you are spies. They said, no, 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 we are not spies. We are, what kind of men? We are honest men. Here we go. We are children of, uh, you know, so we, we, we are from the father. We are, we are 12, that is true. One is no more. 
That is true in one sense. And we are here for food. That is true. And we are not spies. It is true. But we are honest men. It's not true at all. It's completely mixed with the truth and lies. But interestingly, they are living in that guilt and shame. Joseph was using an interpreter to communicate in between them, you know, so, uh, and they didn't understand. But you can see the conversation as readers, you know, so they were struggling with this one thing in their life. That's the only one thing coming again and again. Is that the child? Is that the boy? He cried. He begged for mercy, but we didn't listen. This is the consequences from God in our life. We are suffering now. But there is no room for repentance. But they are carrying that guilt in their life. But Joseph was, God was using Joseph to bring a restoration and healing in their life. We will see that in the coming chapters. What about us? This is the work of sin and shame and guilt in our life. Sometimes we know that we did it. We are living it. We are carrying that in our life. We are very much aware about that, but we are trapped. We don't know how to get out. Is there any way out? I did it. I'm doing it in unforgiveness or any kind of hidden shame or sin. But God is so merciful and he wants to do that. He, he wants to bring us into the freedom. That is why Joseph is asking, you are spies. You are here. Some of the things are quite obvious, but the way Joseph communicated to them, like we know that as readers, Joseph, you know that. Did God did that, this kind of method, communicating the truth to, to, or uh, using the same method? Yes, he did it. At the, in, the, in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, when God came to, the, came to the garden, what was the first thing he asked? Children, what did he ask? Adam, where are you? Oh, God was not scratching the head and, oh, goodness me, where are they hiding? Where are they going? God knows exactly. He knew where, where they were. But there was a question, where are you? To bring awareness about their life into their life. The situation where they are at. It's not hide and seek games, but to bring restoration and healing. Did Jesus did that the same thing? Yes, in Luke chapter 24, when two disciples were uh, from uh, the Cleopatra and the other one were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, and they were walking and talking, and they were talking about Jesus himself and uh, the resurrection and the, uh, the burial and the death on the cross, and oh, they were really distressed and confused. They were kind of lost. Then Jesus walked with them. They can't recognize him. And, and, they, and there was a conversation going on between Jesus and these disciples. Who are you talking about? Jesus is quite obvious. <laughs> but the way God brings repentance, 
revelation into our life can be mysterious ways, but ultimately it's not a game. He wants to bring us to a place of restoration and freedom and joy. We may not like it. We may not understand it. Joseph was using your spies. Many things, I can't trust you. After that, he gave him grains and everything. And uh, you can see his compassion and provision looking after them. They are in a better place now, in one sense, even though things are not looking that amazing. The provision is there. Protection is there. Security is there. Safety is there. And everything is there. But God doesn't want to fill their tummy and send them home. God wants them to bring restoration and healing into their life. Joseph put one condition. You can go. But one person has to leave here. That's Simeon. Actually, he said everyone's supposed to be here. Send one person home and bring Benjamin back. Then after three days, he changed his mind. He said, okay, here's the deal. Better deal, okay? Let Simeon stay here. You go back, bring Benjamin back so that I know that he is alive. There are, there are reasons for him for that suspicions because he doesn't know actually Jacob is alive. He doesn't know, he, he doesn't know actually Benjamin is alive because he, he already know that the way he treated, they treated Joseph, you know. So now there's a chance Benjamin is already gone, sold to another part of the world, you know. So he doesn't know. He, he wants to know are they really, really alive? In his heart, he's longing to see his dad and his little brother, blood brother. That's why he, he wept. He cried. A man living in sorrow, and he, he's longing to see this brother. And these guys are going back. On the way back, in one of the inns, they, they were trying to open the... Uh, opened the bag, suddenly, trouble again. Silver! I was thinking like, you know, so how come they opened only one, only one sack and say, you know, how come they didn't open, everyone opened, you know, so there are lots of questions to ask. I'm not going there. But they, one of them opened the, uh, the, the sack and for the, for the food for the donkey, then they saw the money is there, more trouble. They didn't open everything else. But when they reach home, it's very interesting how they are unfolding the story to Jacob. Verse 27. At the place where they stopped for the night, one of them opened his sack to get feed for his donkey, and he saw his silver in the mouth of his sack. My silver has been returned. He said to his brothers, here is my sack. Here, here, it is in my sack. Their hearts sank and they turned to each other, trembling and said, what is this that God has done to us? They didn't say, what did 
Joseph has done to us. They didn't say that, uh, uh, no, not Joseph, they didn't know the prime minister. Prime minister has done to us. Why, what, is, what is that authority has done to us? They know that this is God doing something in our life. When things go wrong or when God is nudging things in our life, what is our tendency? Do we really see God is trying to bring some attention into our life or do we tend to blame someone else for things are going? When they came to Father Jacob in the land of Canaan, they told him all had happened to them. Interesting. Children, uh, uh, you know, uh, listen very carefully. Something re- interesting is coming. They said, the man who is the la- land over the spoke, uh, to spoke to us harshly to us and treated us as though we were spying on the land. Did they mention anything about the silver? No. Okay. Um, but we, we said to him, we are honest men. Is it true? No, that's not true. We are not spies. That is true. We were 12 brothers. That's true. Son of one father. Very true. There is, there is, no, uh, there is, there is no more. And the youngest is now with our father in Canaan. That's true. The man who is the Lord over the land is to, uh, uh, said to us, this is how I will know where, whether you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers here with me and take food for your starving household and go. You can see that there is a compassion there, you know, starving household and go, you know. <laughs> Who's going to say that? So that compassion, oh, take some and uh, I don't want you to die. Oh, such as compassion coming from Egypt. They're not picking up. But bring your youngest brother to me and I will know that you are not spies but honest men then I will give your brother back to you and can trade in the land. As they were emptying their sack, they know that what actually happened, they know. You know they, they, there in each man's sack was his pouch of silver when they all and their father saw the money pouches, they were frightened. It's kind of a drama there, you know. They didn't include and dad on the way back we opened our sack and we saw some silver. They didn't say that one. So just opened it. <gasps> Something like it never happened before. We just happened that one. They're still mixing truth and life lies in their life. Poor Jacob. Their father Jacob said to them, You have deprived me of my children. Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. And now you want to take Benjamin. Everything is against me. He's a man living in sorrow, he's on his knees. Everything is against me. Is it really true? No, we know that. Jacob, is that everything against you? No. Because you are living by sight. The man heard from God. The man received promises from God. Later, 
God himself proclaimed, he announced to, 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 to his people, I am the Lord of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The man received promises and prophecies, not for himself, to bless the nations, is looking in vain, bending his head, everything is against me. It's me, my world. Don't talk to me, don't come to me. Yeah, his whole world is him because everything is against him. Where is Joseph now? You said Joseph is no more. It's not true. Joseph is in the best, powerful place in the world now. He is the prime minister of Egypt now. But you are saying, everything is against me. Simeon is no more. Where is Simeon now? Jacob, where is Simeon now? He's with that brutal ruler, the dictator. He might be squeezing his head now, taking his blood. He might be dripping through there. Oh, he might be already dead. Is it true? No. Simeon is in the safest place he can ever live in his life. Better than with his dad now. Here's starvation. Here is no food. But he is with his brother. Protected. Fed. And he is in the safest hand in the hand of Joseph. But Jacob saying, everything is against me. Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. And everything is against me. But Jacob, has God ever spoken to you in person? Oh, yeah. That is a big story, but excuse me, can we change the subject now? I want to stick with the everything he said against me. But in Genesis chapter 35, God Almighty came to Jacob and spoke to him. Verse 11, and God said to him, to Jacob, I am God Almighty. That's the maximum maybe I can sound it. Oh, if I can bounce it like an Indian screaming, I am the Lord God Almighty. But when God spoke, mountains shaken, you know, things happen in the, in the nature. I'm just using this microphone to, just to illustrate actually what happened. This man heard God, and what did he say? Because I'm God Almighty, be fruitful and increase in number. A nation and a community of nations will come from you, and kings will be become among your descendants. The land I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I also give to you, and I will give this land to your descendants after you. Then God went up to him, to, to him at the place where he had talked with him. This is Jacob. A man carries promises not for him, 
through you nations will be blessed generations will be blessed kings will come through you but he is saying everything is against me a man living by sight not by faith where is this all started it started from his grandfather abraham god already spoke to abraham this is the continuation of promise god has spoke to abraham in genesis chapter 17 verse 4 to 6 as for me behold my covenant is with you as you shall be the father of the multitude of nations no longer shall your name be abraham but your name shall be Abraham, for I will make you the father of a multitude of nations, and I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. This is the promise to a man. He is nobody. But God wants to use him for his glory. He carries promises after promises after promises. But he is struggling because he's looking inward and just looking by sight and seeing and concluding things on the basis of what is actually happening in his life. But God wants him to lift his eyes to see the bigger picture. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and I will make you great, your name great so that you will exemplify divine blessing. But check up, everything is against me. Two comparisons between Abraham and Jacob. Abraham become Abraham. Jacob become Israel. There's a name change there. God promised to Abraham, kings will come from you. From Jacob, kings will come. You will be fruitful. You will be fruitful. Multitude of nations. Multitude of nations. Yes, God, I know, I know, I know. So I'm already seeing that one because I got... Tall tribes of, uh, you know, within us is coming there. And there are some couple of them there, 14 there. That is not multitude. That's just 14. When God is talking about multitude, it's not just the f in flesh or something you can see. God has a bigger picture. But his son, Joseph, sensed that. Amazingly, even though he went through this, uh, all this situation, even though he struggled with all these things, you know, for him, he was not trying to keep this feed and food for himself. He wants to be a blessing to the nations and he wants to bring his parents back. And he is acting in faith in the, in the time of starvation, in the time of prison, in the time of everything is going wrong. We heard in chapter 39 and 38, he was faithful and fruitful in his gifts because that he was not just gifted he was anointed also when you are gifted look at me when you are anointed it's God's mercy reflecting through you gifted people will go to stages and they will get clapped but anointed people 
You can't get anointing by yourself. That's the place when you are connecting with God, when you hear God, when God nudges you, when you hear God's leading. That's the place the anointing flows. We are not looking for gifted people. We need anointed people for God's glory. Gifted people will get platform, but anointed people can and may go through suffering, tough times. At the same time, fruitfulness, multiplication. But in all seasons, they know that the oil is flowing in me, through me, is from God because He is the God of promises. He will never ever fail. He will sustain me. Check up that moment, everything is against me. When God is doing amazing things, check up, lift up. God is providing for you, you are not dead. Check up, you're thinking your son is dead. No, he's not dead. Simeon is no more. No, he is alive. He's in the safest place. And God has promised life in your life through for his glory. Paul is trying to explain that a bit more. In Romans 4, chapter, verse 16, therefore the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and by, may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom we believed the God who gives life to the dead and calls to being things that were not. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be without weakening in his flesh. He, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through and believe regarding the promise of God, but he strengthened in faith and gave glory to God. Come on church, that's the place of security, that's the place of safety, not analyzing what is actually going on in my life, within my circumstances, me and my space. Joseph didn't do that one. He used his position to bless. What do you do when the dream comes true? What is your dream? Getting married? Buying a house? Having children? Being an activist? Less plastic, more organic food, fair trade, recycling cloth. Yes, we achieved one more milestone. All things are good, but the reason God created us for his glory, to bring many nations into the promise God has promise, prophesied, promised to Abraham. From there, life will flow. <laughs> when people are in that place, 
there will be less and less plastic. From that place, they will look after the earth. That's the place. It's not out of bitterness, out of joy. People become God active rather than become an activist. Because the earth belongs to God. I want to love my neighbor because God so loved the world. You will be turned inside out. That will change everything, your everything. Because that's the reason God called us. We are living in an individualistic society. Joseph is like the sponge and mentioned, absorbing everything, going down. And he's the man, lived years, like Steve Wiley mentioned, experience God's grace again and again and again. But this moment, he's looking inward. Everything is against me. But God wants to bring healing and restoration. There are brothers living in guilt and sin and shame. God wants to restore them. He doesn't want him to miss the party. You are carrying things, a blessing, but you can't enjoy it because of the guilt and the shame. You are in the provision of God, but this is killing me. God wants to restore each and everyone. Joseph, it's not about your dream. Nations will be blessed. Joseph, it's not about everything is against me. No, I want to use you to bless many. We are part of that. When we come to know Jesus, we are fulfilling Abrahamic promise, you know, through faith. You know. It's not yet finished. It's still going on, still going on. But God is using an unknown guy from an unknown land. He was an idol worshiper for his glory. Abraham is not the hero. Jesus, God is the hero in this place. Joseph is the superman. He's not the superman. God is the super God. God wants to bring healing, and restoration. Let's pray. Let's stand.